0: Welcome back to the Rab Mountain People podcast with me, your host, Andy Cave. In this series, we delve into what it means to be bold. If you're climbing, hiking, or running in the mountains, there will always be an element of risk. But being bold is not necessarily just about physical risk, of course. At some point, we all encounter mental barriers. Whether it's a fear of falling, a fear of failure, or trying to adopt a mindset for optimum performance. Simply to be the best we can be. Here's a flavour of what's coming up.
1: And I hope that I can have those conversations with people to say, okay, there are people that are not, you know, they're not the typical climbers. They don't look like you or they don't look like everyone else. And they are allowed to go climbing and, you know, just be nice and kind to people.
0: Today's guest is Mary Uri. Mary loves being in the outdoors and she's passionate about trad climbing. Raised in Guadeloupe and then Paris, Mary moved to London in 2000 and was introduced to walking and climbing through the supportive Marleybone Mountaineering Club. She started climbing seven years ago and says, There were very few women who looked like me, my size nor my colour in climbing, or if there were any, I did not see them. I was so engrossed in learning how to climb that it did not occur to me to question whether climbing was for me. I didn't check whether it was for me or if there were any people looking like me in climbing. Instead, I wanted to get better at it. You see, climbing gets you like this. It entices you and then makes you addicted to it. I love climbing. Welcome to the Mountain People podcast, Mary. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. I mean, good. Um, best I can be at the moment of COVID. Uh...
0: All right. So you're, you're, yeah. Not ideal. Are you? Are you hopefully going to be good by the weekend or is it going to be a few weeks do you think to recover
1: oh I hope I hope in then yesterday
0: (laughs) because you've been missing climbing and the outdoors right
1: yes I've been missing climbing I've been missing the outdoors uh I've been missing just getting out of the flats um yes it's been it's been interesting because my energy was level was has been up and down um but yeah
0: well, fingers crossed you'll recover, and I know that you're really looking forward to the 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 Rab um, sort of women's trad fest at yes. um, the end of the month. So that's going to be exciting.
1: That's really exciting. I really look forward to it. Um, and this year I'm going to be a volunteer. I'm not sure in what capacity, but I really look forward to it. Um, it's a really exciting and uh, amazing event.
0: Brilliant. Well, I want to take you back to your childhood because. Obviously, you're, you're based in London right now, but you were. tell us where you were <clears throat> actually born and raised for the first early years of your life.
1: So uh, I was born in Guadeloupe. Uh, I was born in Pointe Pit, which is like the capital of Guadeloupe. But I was I grew up in a small island called Marie Galante, and I live there with my grandparents. So uh, I live on top of the hill, and it's it's beautiful. It's just green. And you got a tiny ducket of the, the the sea. You can see afar, uh, and very much on a farm, countryside kind of vibe. It's really beautiful. A lot of grains there.
0: Okay, it sounds like a um an amazing place to grow up. Lots of places to go adventuring in the forest. Were you an adventurer as a young person?
1: I think I think because uh, in Guadeloupe you tend to live quite a lot outside. So you're constantly playing outside. There's no, I mean, we we're, we're living in small wooden house, so uh, we're not living in a building. So your the outdoors is uh, your playground. So I don't think I thought about it much that way when I was little because it was just there. It was just available to me.
0: And or did you have an adventurous spirit? Do you think as a young girl?
1: Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I think I I. I had a bit of both. I was a scaredy cat when I was little. I used to be scared of anything that was living, but also I li- I like to go around um, the house and explore. Um, my grandpa and used to have a sugar plant, a sugar cane plantation. Uh, they used to work really hard at it. My grandma used to have like a small garden and she grew vegetable. But around there were like lot of um, places, you know, lots of green places. I remember playing with a wheelbarrow with my friend with my neighbour next door and and we were just going on adventures around the place not too far because like I said I was a scaredy cat
0: what other things were you into as a child like music or anything like that or what was your thing
1: so it's a really weird one but where I grew up uh we had no electricity and no uh current water say so, like um, the neighbors they used to help me. Uh, they used to help my grandma to raise me. So um, I used to spend a bit of time with them. So I had a time schedule TV allowance I could watch at the neighbor, but anything else was books and whatever was available around that time. So music, I guess I I grew up with the folk, uh, the kind of the folklore of uh, Guadeloupe. You know we have a music called Goka, which is a, a, a like a traditional drum. And we use this for celebration, uh, wedding, funerals, and all sorts of that. So that was more traditional, but not so much of listening music and dancing. I would leave there until I was nine. And then after that, I moved to France in the suburb of Paris, a place called Vietbend. It's not grand at all, uh, but it's uh, where I had my formative years. Uh, and that changed quite a lot because I was in the building. Um, so the adventure, the adventure sees a little bit because I was in four walls uh, in the building uh, within uh, what we call the Ashlem, uh, which is um, the consular state equivalent uh, in in the suburb of Paris. And culturally, it just changed
0: a lot. you saying that must have been such a huge change.
1: Oh, massively, because um, in Guadalupe, so I had, uh, you know, uh, I have uh, my grandparents and the school and everything, and I was playing outdoors. And suddenly I was in France, in this place where, like, the season's changed all the time. It's cold, it's wet, you've got all sorts of things. Also the fact that, like, I could no longer, no longer just come out of the house and just go and play. Uh, so... The, it was different. Um, what I also appreciate from that place is the, 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 the influence of the culture we had there. There were so many different people. My best friend was, um, she's Moroccan and she's from, uh, she's still lives in Plant actually. Um, and But I had a lot of friends from North Africa uh, and West Africa. So that was the influence we have. So where I live, we have a lot of, North West African and um Caribbean uh, people living together.
0: Obviously you I don't think you discovered climbing there, Andy, but you were obviously living not far away from the paradise of Fontainebleau. But did you discover yeah. it in France or was that when you later moved again?
1: So I probably did a school trip when I was little, but um I don't think no and like climbing came really late in my life. It came in my late 30s. So, um, and sometimes I wish um, I know about coming earlier, but at the same time, like, maybe it came at the right time. For me.
0: So were you in, you were in the, so you moved from Paris to London, I believe. Was that for a job or?
1: <laughs> it's really funny because I, um, before I came to London, I did a little stint in Germany for like a month, I think, nine months. So I was prepared there, and then I came back to Paris, and I oh I need to learn English because obviously I couldn't speak English, um, and I come to London to learn English, and I never left. Okay. After after a year, I said to my mom, "Um, well, you know, it's been a year. My English hasn't improved that much, and I need to stay longer." And I think after ten years, I said to my mom. You know, Mom's been ten years. I think I've stop asking how long uh, when I'm coming back. And I've been here twenty two years.
0: wow. and when did you when did the yeah when did you discover how did you discover and when did you discover the the passion for outdoors in terms of climbing, walking, and those things?
1: Um, it's really funny. i so i I think I always had um adventurous mind because I like to travel and I travel in different countries and stuff like that. But I never like it was until I saw a friend, a uh, friend of mine she she was climbing in Brazil and I was like, oh this would look really cool And I wanted to do it. And I had another friend we um who taught me how to climb. She told me how to do the figure of eight and she told me how to be laid. And she was very so I have to say, um the, the interesting thing is, like, she couldn't climb with me all the time. And I had to, for me to go climbing, I had to be with her because she was my supervisor. So what I did is like, I took myself on a course. And I was like, oh, I want to be, I want to be able to do this thing all the time now. I'm really committed. So I did the course, joined a few session uh, at the Castle Climbing Centre. And and then it just went bonkers I started going more often. I was um, dabbing a bit of like top rope and then uh, bordering. So I started doing bordering as well. I joined a session where I was bordering on Mondays. And then I started getting into more like uh, top rope and leading. And after, I I mean, a year or two, I wanted to try adults. I was like, "Mm, this is very interesting. And uh, I had a friend and I were organized to meet uh, the mount Mar- the Mar- Montenegro Club actually. And they took us to ball's walk. I remember I was terrified. It was like a 10 minute, a uh, 10 meter, 10 meters wall. I was absolutely terrified. And I remember one of the ladies there, um, I think it was Wendy or Alex saying to me, I love the look of determination on your face. And I was like, it's not determination, it's definitely fear. And it's really funny how I came back. A year later, to the same place, and I'm like, oh, this is the thing I was so scared of. I could probably, you know, just bulldoze that because it was just it's such a different thing when the first. I don't know what happened. It just like I just went completely hooked, and um, I've been going out with the Mariborne, um Montenegrin club. Uh, to different places in the UK, and I think that was a great way to introduce. It's a great way to introduce climbing to people, you know, joining a club. And also, I gone so many places in the UK. I think it's fabulous because I've been living in London for more than twenty years, and I've seen that I think the first I've been is was like, Bournemouth or Brighton or something like that. I went once in in Wales, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't exploring the place and. Climbing kind of brought that to me in a sense and I love it.
0: Right, Absolutely, so you've been able to, yeah, discover so many different parts of the UK through climbing. I'm, and I can yeah. identify with that myself because I didn't travel much as a kid and then suddenly climbing was taking me to a yeah. I, I think it's it's very special, isn't it? Um and did you find the Marleybone Mountain Include book? It sounds like you found them very supportive then, because in your own words on on the on the uh, tradfest website you you talk about um, being a generous body type person and maybe something about when you first started climbing you didn't see many people like yourself so describe a little bit about that well
1: the Marle mountain group um, they've been they they've always been very welcoming and it's a bit like a little harmony and I, I think at the time I never questioned whether I was too big to come I just wanted to 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 do it and see my passion through uh, through through this and then but i did like i said I, I i did i did notice um i think it was two years after i started climbing or something uh, maybe a bit more i had a friend she said to me i'm glad you stuck to it because we don't see, we don't see many people like you climbing and i was like, oh that's really interesting and i started thinking about it and i started looking at it and it's true there's not many I, I didn't know at the time any black woman and I was a bit more heavier at the time as well. Um, going away, um, you know, London is this small, like it's almost like it has its own uh, micro system and uh, going away, you do you do notice things and um, you do notice a little bit like the stare or, you know, the, maybe sometimes people will say something to you um, that's, it's a bit out of place or you know not so nice or just like you know the patronizing thing oh my god you did it oh like uh yes I I can't I can't do crime sometimes but you know that this is the kind of thing I I just I think at the time I just pushed it away because I just wanted to climb and I just wanted to have that experience and focus on the positive and just carry on climbing. But yes, it is it is, it is so it's a bit complicated like when it when it comes to to body image uh diversity representation in uh, climbing community. I think often people you know the, the, the climbing the, the climbing uh, community is very, very welcoming welcoming but you do have few pockets of people who might not be that welcoming.
0: Yeah, well said. Thanks for sharing that and very personal. And I guess the little that I know you from chatting to you already is that you're obviously in some way very courageous, quite brave. You've moved a lot to different countries, which is you know, it takes quite a lot of guts actually in learning new languages. And I was just thinking, um, you know, if someone like you, in terms of everything you've talked about, but without that bravery, maybe then that could be harder for them to move around and climb in those different settings. So I guess in a way you could be, and I'm sure you are, like mentoring and encouraging others in that way.
1: Yes, I think for me, I think it's because I'm very aware of my privilege. And I have to say that that way, because when I started climbing, I didn't have money. I didn't have a lot of money I have to save. Uh, I have to save money for the like the next three months, for example, to go on a climbing trip with the with the club. And that money doesn't seem a lot for people. For some people, it might not be 60 quid. 60 quid it might not be a lot, but it was huge for me. So I have to save that money, and so I can go climbing. And what I want to do, I want to be able to. I want to be able to tell people, you know, there's ways you can do. it, There's ways. You can go and enjoy the outdoors. It doesn't have to be super expensive all the time. And it's not just about climbing, but just accessing to the the outdoors. Go out there so people, you know, they could enjoy it as well. And there are different ways you can do that. Um, And I hope that I can have those conversations with people to say, okay, there are people that are not, you know, they're not the typical climbers. They don't look like you or they don't look like everyone else. And they are allowed to go climbing, and if you are welcoming, and if you nice, just you know just be nice and kind to people. you know you don't know what battles they have you know and and just oh, be open to let them climb or go to the others. And this is what I'm passionate about. I want I want people to understand that like when, when we do things, when we want we try to do things, don't put bias. Like, we already have our bias before we even start, before we even leave our doors, you know. And, yeah, it, it is hard, like, sometimes, I have to say.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, for sort of uh, try and reduce our, our, our biases. Don't judge yeah. people. Um, and I know, as well as the Women's Trad Fest, that you're going to be uh, very involved with, at the end of the month so you what's your role this year
1: well i'm not sure what i'm doing but i am volunteering for the women tribe festival Fantastic. so so i'm really looking forward to it last yeah. year was absolutely amazing uh, such a nice um nurturing place um i like uh, i like very much the idea they're doing um when like a few years ago there they were research was saying um in that research, they found that there are only 10% of women uh, are who were um, mountaineering cl- qualified and 90% were men. So what they do at this festival is they have uh, 90% of women and 10% of men just to represent what the society is, in reality what it is. And I think it's a brilliant idea because, you know, I... I love, I love all the thing about representation and the community group together. But if you don't bring those communities together, how we can learn from each other. Yeah. So if those 10% of men, they come to the festival um, and see what women, you know, what how women come together, they might understand a little bit better how we do things or how we process things, um, you know. And it, and it's nice to have like everyone coming together for this. It just it's just amazing to have that.
0: Brilliant. Well, I hope this glorious weather lasts. So it's uh, it would be. Oh, last
1: year <laughs> it would be great. Last year it was raining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was wet. Last year it was really wet. I remember on Sunday yeah. it was. Yeah. there.
0: Stannage, gritstone cracks in the wet. That's hardcore. Let's face it. Well
1: you know you can't do other stuff just sure. just bring all your waterproof all the waterproof you can think of yeah and you'll be fine
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's a positive attitude coming out again i love it so also i know Mary that you're interested in uh, sorry you're you're part of interested in and part of a group united we climb what yes united we climb tell us a little bit about that and please
1: so we've uh, you i'm one of the directors uh, of united with climb uh, there's two other directors Rachel and Rachel bricks and um yasmin Lazarus. I, hang on doctor yasmin Lazarus. i have to say that She's, she passed a PhD finally we're really happy for her um um so united with climb what we try to do is like we try to um support communities and underrepresented communities to go into climbing, whether that is indoors or outdoors. So we have a few groups that we support, and anyone else who want to, to to have the support spoken us. say, so, um, we got climbers, um, the Asian climbing crews, wanderers of color, um, power climbing collective, uh, and other places. Uh, like for example, we work in uh, in collaboration with the Healy Trust in Sheffield. So there's a group of us based in London, and there's a group. There's a few of us based in uh, Sheffield, and there's like the the three aims we're doing is getting communities into um into climbing, and also we want to work with industries so they can support people to get uh, underrepresented people to go into uh into climbing and support those who are not so lucky um as a fashion financially are just. Mentoring or supporting people just to get into the adults and also indoor climbing. Uh, also, we um, we trying to create a membership based on the survey we we did, which is um, about the buyers, uh to get into climbing. Because sometimes people don't think about those things, isn't it? They they think buyers mean oh we don't have money, here's some money. But it's not just that. There's a lot of things you have to think about. Some people, they, they, they don't see themselves in the climbing anymore so they don't think they can go. Some people, is a it's a financial, uh, the financial mean to go to climbing. Because if you think about it, before you go climbing, you have to get to the place, transport to the problem, And it's all depending uh, which part of society we have. If you have a disability or any sort of ailment or chronic illnesses, Those are things that can make it really difficult for you to I coming. We're actually coming might be a form of therapy for some people uh, to to help them feel better mentally and physically. Um, There is also the fact that if you don't have a sense of belonging and a sense of community, uh, you might not think that um, there is a place there. So what we're creating is a bit like you have the sense of community there. You know, you know you can go to that place. That place is welcoming. Then after, when you went with your group, you could you know there is a safe place where you can go. So you don't necessarily have to go all the time with your group. You can actually go by yourself because you know you've been there already, You have a sense of community, a sense of belonging. So we're trying to create this.
0: Yeah, sounds wonderful. So yeah, helping people overcome actual know very real barriers could be financial not being able to afford the transport or the boots and then also the mental barriers sense of belonging yeah no so lots that that sounds great so lots and lots of things going on what is your favorite type of climbing i mean is it bouldering is it trad is it sports yeah great what is it
1: about
0: because obviously, some people think, oh, Trad, it's really scary, or they might think, oh, it's a lot of faff. I've got to put all that protection into the cracks. But for you, there's something about Trad that I can see that is very special. What is it?
1: I gotta tell you something. I think the reason why I like Trad is because I haven't climbed a boot hard enough that scare me enough to say, okay, that's when I'm done. And, and I love tried because of the puzzle, because of the fact that I can climb up to a ledge, find myself in a nice little position, place some gear, trying to work out which one is best. I love the faffing about this. This is just like, you know, you know, like a little puzzle. You have, you know, you find the right nut or wherever you want to place. You place it, you put your rope in, and then you carry on. You take a breather, you look at the the view and then you can, and then you go up you go all the way up and then you you, you build your anchor and then the next person is coming but you have like this i don't i don't know it's just the sense the sense of peace i get from it i think sometimes um and i think i'm in my own little world when i i do that i have i, I don't know I, I love it for that reason I know some people, they say, oh, um, is not not dangerous? I don't think I've seen it that way. And I think uh, when uh, I do climb, i so focused. I'm so focused on what I'm doing. And I think that's why I started doing climbing a bit, because I'm dispatched. And I think beyond the dispatcher, there's this, like, sometimes, you know, the lack of focus, the lack of, uh, you know, finishing, starting something and not finishing it, um, being distracted all the time, taking a long time to learn things and to put things into place and to remember things. And there's so many different things. But when I climb, I think it gives me that sense of just focus and concentration I need. It's almost meditative. But Brilliant. I don't have that with sport climbing, I have to say.
0: What's the difference with no. sport climbing, do you think? why?
1: I don't even dare to say it. <laughs> it's because I remember I was bound to say that it's because when when I disport, I found so I, I'm so stressed like from the first clip until the last clip, I'm so stressed I'm like oh my god clip? Oh, 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 oh my god clip I don't know there's something like uh, I, and the thing is that when I forget about uh sport I'm allowed to rest. Nobody say you can't rest, but like the stress, I'm like, I just want to go up and go down, and I'm, not enjoying it as much. It's not as flowy as I want it to be, and I want, I want to enjoy it. I want to, you know, I'm quite stubborn because I want to try it as much until I really click with it. But it's not that, and I probably enjoy more doing bouldering than sport climbing, and I try bouldering outside as well. It's scary.
0: Okay, and if you go indoors, do you would you tend to boulder or would you tend to climb with a rope on the walls, the higher walls? What, what's your?
1: I'm terrible, but I boulder a lot, and the reason why I boulder a lot is because bouldering is um, very sociable. Um, yeah, with with the with rope, I can't be like chatting to people, I don't, and it's funny enough, but I don't like going for a chatting one. Believe me, I'm like, are you it? And sometimes I feel like I'm a bit rude because, like, people, while I'm beating, people want to talk, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I just like stop talking suddenly and just concentrate on the thing. And I think this is the thing like, with boredom, there's such a sense of uh, communal. Um, and you get to know people, you can chit chat, you can take a break, you can just sit down on the mat when you're tired and just talk to people and just uh, go back on the wall. Um with uh, I think rope, I love it, but like you always have a, you always feel like a sense of urgency. Like you don't want you don't want to impose you you know on people. So like if someone is belaying you, like sometimes I want to go back and do the same route again. And I don't do it often because now oh, this person wants to climb someone else, why should I impose that on them? With borrowing, you can just do that. You can do the same route as many time you want. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. I do love ropes inside, and I love lead inside, but I don't about all.
0: Maybe it's the fact that when you're, sounds like when you, the climbing, you're trap climbing, you putting all the protection into the cracks. You have to do that yourself because there aren't any bolts. Um, and it's all-encompassing, so there's not much of your mind or imagination left to worry. You're, you're all focused on that. Maybe with sports climbing, there's something, I don't know. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. I will explore sport more because I don't want I don't like to to just like make my mind up on something without give it a go properly. It's like yeah. getting to know someone. You don't want to just like form your first impression of someone until you know fully the person, isn't it?
0: Okay, here's a question for you then. So, what's yeah. what's your what's your biggest fear? Is it fear of falling or fear of failure in climbing?
1: Ah, oh, falling. Failing, we deal with it every day in climbing. You know, you might manage to do a route, you might not. and You okay. just have to accept it. Falling.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and falling is is obviously uh, sometimes we're irrational, aren't we? Even if we've got a bolt just below us, or we've got a really good piece of protection right next to us, but we still get a little bit gripped and frightened. Is there are there any tips or tools that you have discovered, or people have told you to help you overcome that, that you could pass on to other people? I
1: mean, there is a lot of people say it um uh, to practice falling. and 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 I have, you know I have tried, and I think my fe- fear of falling on uh, like, on gear, I'm like, no. I don't like this idea. on um, on sport, I think it's fine. Um bordering. I mean, you learn how to fall. This is one of the things. When I facilitate a session, I do say to people, learn, learn how to come down and learn how to fall first before you go up. Because once you have that, once you know how to fall, when you know how to come down, there's less thing to think about when you're at the top. Because there's nothing worse than arriving at the top and not knowing how you go down. So I usually tell people, work out you were down before and i stole it from uh someone
0: okay um, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 i mean you wouldn't fly an airplane without knowing how to get it down would you
1: exactly but like people it's it's really funny how you don't uh some people they don't realize that that little thing uh, make a, will make a huge difference to the climbing yeah. so like for right. example when you have new people going climbing um I, if I have a new person going coming, I make sure they know how to come down because the thing is, like, there's nothing worth having someone panicking up there. And I've, I've been in that position.
0: Yeah, you've got that empathy. So you understand, yeah, you're not taking things for granted. Brilliant. I'm sure you're yeah. a fantastically supportive person out on the cliff. Now, you have obviously uh, lived in so many different places, uh, you know, such an adventurous life. And so I wanted to think about you know, if if Mary was away for a weekend on a meet, climbing, what food would she be taking with us? Is it going to be like, is is there an influence of Guadeloupe, London, Paris? I mean, what, if, you know, what's your favorite kind of food uh, generally at home? And then if you're going away for a weekend.
1: At home, I eat a lot of uh, chicken. I'm sorry to the vegetarian, but I eat a lot of chicken just because it's my uh, favorite uh, of so, so protein and fish obviously. Um, if I'm going climbing, I have to be a like, you know, you. No matter how you prepare well for the food thing, but you once you go to the crack, your brain is like turning to mash, and you forget about drinking. You forget <laughs> drink the water. You forget about eating properly. And usually, I take things that really easy, like cherry tomatoes, um, some kebab, uh, cheese. Uh, Bought eggs, those things because just like energy, kind of something very quick. Um, I wish I could, that like, you know, I saw people doing meals and stuff, and but how, when because I just want to climb, so yeah, this oh, kind of yeah. thing. Peanut butter is one of uh, one of them as well. Uh, I love that for
0: climbing. I just thought you might be able to tell me any any like secret special recipes from Guadeloupe or any spicy kind of things or not really.
1: No, they're taking too long. You know, like we do a lot of stew, and this, like um, we have. It's really funny. I'm going to give you a uh, uh, a thing. We um we have a kind of curry that we eat in Guadalupe, and the name is Colombo. Oh really? A Colombo, yeah. And what, the, what, what's in that? So you can make it with chicken, fish, or uh, mutton, or lamb, or whatever, or vegetarian if you want. But it's just the fact the name of the curry is a Colombo, okay, yeah. And the traditional um, fabric from Guadeloupe is full of madras. You see my where I'm going with this?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The entrance we had—it's yeah. really amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, so, any dreams, places, iconic places, or climbs, or do you have? Are you a person that even has goals, or you just go with the flow?
1: Uh, a bit of a a lot the flow, but also I do I do plan a little bit. So I'm training to be a work climbing instructor um, just because I want to help my community and bit of representation and, and doing things right when you go to the outdoors. Um, what else? I would like, my favorite kind is uh, flying buttress. I've got some... And finish business. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, not the E1, don't don't get too excited, people. Oh, I
0: just the, to it, do yeah, yeah but I it just up, especially at the top where it really kind of well, I mean you've got three parts, haven't you? You've got that big long slab at the bottom, which is quite yeah. bold. it's quite yeah. small, not really any protection. Then you go around that tough corner that's quite slippy physically, yeah. and then there's that obviously finale at the top
1: yeah the finale at the top was quite something um i second that thing uh twice the first time i had to be literally peel off of it because i think my billet was frozen at some point um and and then a year later i managed to do it so we, we second it again so i would like to leave that route um Brilliant. just as a goal yeah
0: Good for you. Well, just, well, magnificent yeah. climb. Yeah, brilliant. Um, great. It's well, such I'm- a
1: beautiful. It's such a beautiful route as well. It's just like I don't know. There's something about it.
0: Yeah. No. It's it's quite imposing, isn't it? It's, it's quite kind of you know. It has everything really in terms yeah. of the slab, the corner, the overhang. I mean, it's exposed. You're putting your own pro in. Brilliant. Well, that seems like a very worthy goal. Any tips on you know other people who've been listening to this thinking. Yeah, Mary sounds like quite brave, quite bold, you know, in terms of moving countries, getting into climbing, trad climbing. What advice would you give to anyone out there on, on, on being bold? What's your kind of life tips, if you like?
1: I would say don't be afraid to try things. Um, don't be afraid to try things. Um i would say to people also um, people might surprise you i uh, don't always assume the worst and if the worst is coming just face it with a smile never with anger this is this is my approach i
0: Wonderful. think thanks for sharing that well listen it's been absolutely brilliant to to chat with you uh, i do hope you feel better for the, Thank the-, you. the- best and um, I'm
1: sure the weather's going to last. I hope so. I'm praying for it. (laughs) Everything.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Thanks so much for being our guest. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've been your host Andy Cave and you've been listening to the Rab Mountain People podcast. To keep up to date and to hear more interviews like this, don't forget to subscribe I look forward to bringing you more stories and interviews very soon.